How many of you have already opened your Christmas gifts? Wow, about five of us. Well, I guess some of you just didn't get any gifts, but anyway, there might be something under the tree when you get home. So the thing with Christmas gifts is you've got to drop, give enough hints of what you want. So Brian, he desperately wanted a watch. So he nagged his parents, yeah, I want a watch, please give me a watch, I want this kind of watch, the other. And his dad got mad. I don't know if any of your dads ever get mad and say, you mention watch one more time, you're definitely not going to get one. But he was asked to say grace. And so he said, well, before I say grace, I want to read a scripture. I want to read to you Mark 13, verse 37. I say unto you what I have already told you before, watch. <laughs> he was a smart kid. You know, we can spend a lot of Christmas looking and searching for so many things. The right gift and the right card, the right bargain, the right place to have a holiday. And we search and search. But when we do that, even as Christians in this season, I've become aware that even we can miss the real heartbeat of Christmas. And that Jesus, on today, just a little bit of an add-on. And I want to try and shift that today. That he's not an add-on in your Christmas celebration with your family, but he's right at the center of today. That he is first and foremost above everything else. And that throughout the day, he's on your mind, he's in your thoughts, you offer him a prayer, you offer him a worship from time to day. By the way, congratulations for getting here on Christmas Day, because not everyone does. So it's a, a great start. So we need to be searching. And the thing that we should be looking for most through any Christmas season, well, throughout the year, but let's say for Christmas, is searching for more of Jesus in our lives. How many of you would like to know him more? Yeah, it's a good season for it, folks, because there's something like there's something in the atmosphere, something in the air. Get a fresh revelation of who he is. Some people call it a season to draw near. If you're not careful, it's a season to draw away from Jesus because you get so busy in all the activities, festivities and gifts and presents and all the rest of it. So we've got to guard our hearts. You know, the wise men found Jesus because they were searching for him. And my question for you and me, what are you searching for today? Really? Matthew 2, verse 1 and 2. The wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. Do you know today people are searching? There's a real spiritual thirst, and I think it's increasing. I think, of course, people look in all the wrong directions, but magazines like Time and Newsweek, they have covered stories like life after death. Who was he? Who is he? Who is God? Why do they have those headings? Because they sell because interest in spiritual things is high. People want to explore beyond the seen into the unseen. But the problem is, most people don't know what they're looking for. The whole world is searching, but they don't know what they're searching for. They don't know what they're really after. What they think is, they think they're looking for happiness. They think they're looking for success, they're looking for achievement. They're looking for significance. But even if they get any of those things, 
it never satisfies. And so the search continues. It goes on and on. But what we're all looking for today is God and more of Him in our lives. And all your searching, all your emptiness, all your frustration, all that desires that you have, those longings, those yearnings, and you, you actually think it's this, this, and this, but you're wrong. <laughs> because it's actually God. See, there's a, a gaping hole in every human heart, including ours to some extent, that only God can fill, but we search everywhere else. And I pray this message is gonna help you not to look here and there and this place and that place, but to look to the reason that we celebrate today, to look to Jesus. He is the only one that will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. If you ever get that, it will totally transform how you live your life. Yeah. Problem is, most people, sadly even Christians, don't quite get it. So the search continues. Wow, that's where the energy goes, looking, seeking, searching. And you know where our yearning comes from? You know why this longing is there? It's because we're made in the image of God. We're made so much like God. And so it's within us, this DNA, that we actually, our life, your life, my life, it's actually all about God. He's it. He's the reason for our being. He's created us. He made us so there's something within us that has to reconnect fully with this God, with this creator, with this maker, the one who designed us, who shaped us, who formed us, who fashioned us for himself. And so the soul of man has this longing to know the unknown. The soul senses its origin, God, and longs to return to the source of He who made us. This is an aspect of Christmas. So I wanna share with you four truths that hopefully will help you to draw nearer to God and stop searching in all the wrong directions. Hopefully a fresh revelation of who he is. So the first truth is this. Jesus identifies with and understands our every struggle. Your every struggle. I read this statement. <laughs> the creator of the worlds was created. You can spend a lifetime trying to work that one out. Put your head around how the creator was created. But this is what we're talking about as we Talk about Christmas in this season. When God became human flesh, that's the incarnation, He fully became one of us. He fully became one of us. What do I mean by that? Think about it. Like you, Jesus spent nine months in a womb. Wow. He was born a baby, just like you were. But you're not still a baby, are you? Are you? Anyone here still married to a baby? Don't, don't, don't. Just checking. We've got to grow. But he was born a baby. It's just an amazing thing. That's how much he became like us. And then for 33 years, he would experience and, and he'd feel everything that we do. God would get tired. Hello? Right? God could not walk. God could not talk. God was, he was rejected. He felt pain. He felt hurt. He felt grief. He felt, 
Everything you feel, he felt. He became one of us. He became like us so that he can identify with us. He's not a God out there in some invisible realm, which he is in some sense, but he's also a God right here in human flesh, just like you and just like me. So whatever you feel, he has been there and he has felt it before as well. This is the wonder of the incarnation. He became one of us. So Hebrews 4, 15 to 16 says this, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Can I encourage you today, this Christmas season, go boldly to the throne of grace. Go boldly to God Almighty who's there to help you in your time of need, in your struggle today, whatever it might be, can I encourage you, take time to go to the throne of grace. Go boldly to the throne of grace. Find help, find help today in your time of need. Find encouragement, find strength, find comfort. This is the God that we serve. Please don't stay at a distance away from Him. You know, to think of God as a baby, to think of God crying, Mm. Having to be fed by his mother, God being tempted, it almost seems wrong. How can that be God? It almost seems irreverent to think of God as a helpless baby. It's easier to keep the humanity out of Jesus and out of the incarnation. But you know what that does? It keeps him at a distance. It keeps him more unapproachable. He's like someone way out there that we can't get close to. But I believe heaven thunders every Christmas to you and to me that he became one of us. He is so much like you and I. We are made in the image of God. We are Imago Dei. We're so much like God. It's hard to put your head around it. It's hard to even believe it, hard to even accept it. So tell the person next to you, you are very much like God. Huh? You're finding that hard to say, aren't you? Some of you are saying, you're not anything like God. I know what you're like. Made in the image of God. So we're so much like God. So let's not keep the humanity of, of God out of the incarnation because he's like you, he's like me. And you know what? You can get close to a person, can't you? You can get close to another human being. You can't get, you know, if he's just a God always out there, you know, unapproachable light, it's hard to have a close relationship with that person. But when you think of him as a human being, when you think of him as someone just like you and me, you can get close to another human being. This is a relationship we can have with God. He is like us. He's like you. He is like me. And he wants to get closer and closer to us. Many of you will feel your loss this Christmas more acutely. So when you do, don't block it out. Let it come. Feel it. It's part of the healing process. Remember God's with you. He'll strengthen you and comfort you. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to imagine Jesus 
coming right alongside you. He's putting his arm around you right now. Can you feel that? He's putting his arm around you and he's saying to you, it's going to be okay. I'm with you. I've got this. I'll work it all for good. Trust me. Just trust me. Does that feel all right? This is the God we serve. He knows everything you're feeling and experiencing today. I read this statement about the incarnation that I want to read to you because it got my attention. It says this. It is said the incarnation is by far the most amazing miracle in the Bible, more amazing than the resurrection, than the creation of the universe. For the infinite, omnipotent, eternal Son of God to become a man in human flesh will remain for eternity the most profound miracle and most profound mystery of all time. God, God, becoming a man like you and me. It will take all eternity to ever fully comprehend what that was about and what that actually means. So my second Christmas truth is this. In Jesus, God comes close to us. Do you know, we always create a distance between us and God. We always think there's this barrier, that barrier, and barrier. But God's always building bridges to get closer to us. Do you know, He really does. He wants to come. The virgin birth tells us how close Christ wants to come. So he comes, he enters a womb. You can't get much closer than that, can you? It's, that's how close he wants to get. That's how close God comes to us. He comes to you and he comes to me. And, um, and as he did with Mary, he says to you, I'll come live inside you if you will let me. To live inside you. So John 14 verse 20, I am in you. Colossians 1:27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's my message, or one message to you today that I wanna try and get you to get a revelation and to understand is God wants to come close to you. God doesn't wanna be at a distance from you. He wants to get as close as He possibly can to you. He wants to get closer than anything you could ever imagine. Do not ever think that He's out there at a distance wanting to keep you, at a, at, that you're separated from Him. No, He wants to come close to you. How close? He's willing, He comes and lives inside of you. No human being can get that close to you, can they? No friend of yours can get that close to you to get inside of you. Only God, through Jesus Christ, can come and live inside a human being. That's how close God wants to get to you. I believe God is forever searching for men and women and young people who get the revelation that they can walk with God in the closest of intimacy, the closest of fellowship, the closest of friendship, beyond any friendship on the planet beyond any relationship on earth that you can ever have. God, God Almighty wants to have it with you. Every single one of you, not just a few exceptional people. God in Jesus comes close. And you know, isn't that forever the pursuit of human beings? We all wanna get closer to God, but we think it's so hard, it's so difficult. Just reverse it. He's the one wanting to get close to you. But then it goes on. Christ grew in Mary <laughs> until he had to come out. Mm. Christ grows in you until he has to come out. Comes out where? In your behavior, in your attitudes. 
in your character, in your love, in your decisions, in your Christ-likeness. He comes out in your speech. Tell the person next to you, in your speech. Aha. Christ comes out in your speech. Max Licato writes, imagine a million dollars deposited into your account. How many of you would like that, by the way? Yeah, that would always get the most hands going up. That one does. <laughs> so you get a million dollars, you, you look the same to everybody, apart from your big smile, but you're actually not the same, are you? You've just got a, a million resources deposited in your life that changes your entire future. When Christ comes into you, it's the same thing. You say you can't overcome that addiction, that drinking, that smoking, those drugs. Jesus can, and He lives inside of you. You can't forgive? Well, Jesus can, and He lives inside of you. You can't get your breakthrough? The God of breakthrough lives inside of you. We read in Romans 8, 11, the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Ha. Hey, just tell the person next to you, God is living inside you. Go on, just tell them. Just tell them. Wow. Next thing you need to say, now please let him, ref now let, let, please let him show himself in your behaviour. He is living inside of you. <coughs> so Galatians 4.19, of whom I travail in birth, again, until Christ be formed in you. So Christ grows in us. So like Mary, we're called to deliver Christ to the world. You are a modern day Mary, carrying Jesus, delivering Him to a lost world. God manifest in the flesh. God manifest in your flesh. Friends, we are called to be like Mary, to deliver and show the world what Jesus, what God is like. If we don't do that, if you don't demonstrate to the world what God is like, how will they ever know what this God in heaven is like? We must be faithful image bearers of Christ upon the earth. Like Mary, we deliver Jesus to the world. We say, hey folks, this is what Jesus is like. Look at me, my character, look at my, this is what Jesus is like. So we demonstrate to the world what He is like, manifest in the flesh. So on holiday, when that car cuts in front of you, you pray a blessing on that other driver. When the queue is getting long, you manifest tremendous patience and you break out into a song, how great thou art. Because you manifest Christ in the flesh. And when that person ticks you off, that person says something annoying, you turn the other cheek and you say, God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. I love you with the love of the Lord. You manifest Christ in the flesh. We are delivering Jesus to a lost and a broken world. This is our calling. This is our anointing. It's a bit wound up for Christmas Day, isn't it? I'll just calm down. I'll try and calm down. Thank you. It's one person. Is there anyone else? <laughs> We're called to deliver Jesus Amen. to a broken and lost world. Amen. Let Christ grow in you.
and in me. And can I say, today, in your life, please, no relationship breakdowns. Get it sorted. Get it sorted. This side have got it. This side, I'm not sure. Come on, folks. Conflict, breakdowns, unforgiveness, all of that stuff. Church Unlimited, it's banned. (laughs) Wouldn't that be good? It's a ban. (laughs) Manifest Christ. Sometimes you need to manifest it to those closest to you in your own family. So watch all that this Christmas. Let's move on from there. I've got nine minutes left. You know, one of the things that really amazes me about Christmas, about the birth of Jesus, that God would make the salvation of mankind hang on something as weak as a baby. Like everything depended on this baby. So fragile, so vulnerable, so weak, so helpless. And on this baby, getting to where it's meant to get, hung the entire salvation of the world. No strategic plan by the greatest minds in the world would ever say, let's make this whole future of the human race depend on a helpless baby born this Christmas time. There were dark forces out there to destroy this baby. We know that. Forces of darkness. Herod himself was out to kill this child, this helpless child. And you think, you know, one slip of the hand and this baby is gone. Joseph and Mary, I don't think they could have done a a lot to protect this helpless baby. And yet you and I know that Jesus was 100% secure and safe. Do you know why? Because ultimately God was in control of this child's life. And he would make sure that this child would grow and would fulfill its call and its destiny to be the savior of the world. As vulnerable, as fragile, as weak as this child with all the powers of darkness coming against it, God was so in control of this baby's life that nothing on earth could stop it fulfilling the destiny that God had ordained for this baby child. And just as God was in control of the life of baby Jesus, He is in control of your life as well. There is no devil, there is no demon, there's no power of darkness that can stop you fulfilling the destiny of God upon your life if you maintain a surrendered life before the Lord Jesus Christ. He is in control of your life. The devil is not running your life, God is running your life. People are not controlling your life, God is controlling your life. Nobody else can control your life, no leader can control your life. God, my life is in the hands of God. Not anyone else. And if I stay surrendered to the Lord, if He can protect a vulnerable little baby and get it to destiny, He can protect my life and get me to my destiny in Jesus' Name. Give the Lord a praise.
I don't know what's wrong with this crowd, but you got me pumped up this morning. If you were here last night, it was kind of meek and mild. Today, we're going all out. Jesus came with you in mind is my last point. Do you know this? You are in the mind of God for the foundation of the world. You can read that in scripture. Go back millennia. And God thought of you. You. You're no mistake. You're no accident. You're not unwanted. Heaven wanted you. God wanted you. The creator of the universe wanted you. He birthed you in reality through your parents. But you were in the mind of God. So Jesus came with you in mind and you'd wonder why the first people to hear about his birth would be these shepherds. You'd think God would tell the important people first. The kings and queens and presidents and the rich and famous. These shepherds weren't rich, they weren't famous, they weren't beautiful. They were a bunch of uneducated, smelly, low-class, outcast shepherds, yet they're the first to hear the good news about the birth of Jesus. Why would that be? Well, the truth is, God did tell the important people about the birth of Jesus because these humble shepherds were as important to God as anyone else on the planet. See, God has no favoritism. There are no favourites in the kingdom of God. He values the richest, most powerful people in the world as much as the lowest of the low in the world. They are all equal in the sight of God. In God, there is no first class, second class, third class or fourth class. In God, we are all first class. So tell the person next to you, you are first class. That's enough to put a bit in the offering, isn't it? Not only that, God doesn't discriminate. He doesn't respect anyone more than others. And He doesn't value one culture more than others. He values all cultures. I've come to see He actually loves Samoans. (laughs) And Fijians. And Africans. And Tongans. And Filipinos and Kiwis, and most of all, he loves Indians. (laughs) I've got to finish this message. Come on, give me a break. Do you want to know something? God loves you as much as any person who has ever lived on the planet. Can I say that again? God loves you as much as any person who has ever lived on the planet. He has no favorites. In fact, you are his favorite. So am I. Don't ever minimize yourself. The Jesuit missionary, Matteo Ricci, I'm not sure how you say his name, went to China in the 16th century, took religious art to illustrate the Christian story. The Chinese readily adopted the portraits of the Virgin Mary holding the baby, 
But when he showed them paintings of the crucifixion, explained the child grew up to be executed, they reacted in horror. It was repugnant to them. So they preferred the virgin and insisted on worshiping her rather than a crucified God. But you know you and I are in danger of doing the same. We look at Christmas cards, beautiful depictions of the nativity scene. There's angels, there's shepherds, there's the, the, there's a, the star, you know, there's a manger. It's beautiful, isn't it? And so it should be. I love it. I really do love it. We observe a nice, pleasant, relaxing holiday today, and I'm, I'm all for that, and I'm going to do that. But friends, I think we also need to go deeper because the story begins at Bethlehem, but it ends at Calvary. On an old rugged cross, an emblem of suffering and shame. One person who understood this was Simeon, Luke 2, 34 to 35. This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Jesus' birth at Christmas was only the start of his earthly life. It was his death that completed his work of becoming the savior of the world. So we really can't think about Christmas without thinking about Easter. We can't really think about the birth of Jesus without thinking about the death of Jesus because that's what brought the process full circle until he became the savior of mankind, your savior and mine. So here's the facts as we close. First of all, we are all going to die. The death rate is holding very steady at 100%. Just in case you thought you were going to escape it, you will not. And you need to know that. Why? Because the second fact is you're going to spend infinitely more time on the other side of life than on this time on earth. Here you might get 80 plus years, God willing, 90, but then you spend billions of years forever. As you and I know, on the other side, in one of two places. So we need to be prepared to meet our maker. Matthew 1.21, she'll give birth to a son. You ought to give him the name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. Sin is what keeps us out of heaven. That's why Jesus came, died upon a cross, shed his blood, that we might, as we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. Our names are written in heaven. We're saved and we spend eternity with God forever. Luke 2, verse 10 to 11. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This was the dawn of redeeming grace. Merry Christmas, everybody.